When we are born again, God seals us with his Holy Spirit. It is actually the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Jesus, that we are sealed with. That is the Spirit who lives inside us. We still have the flesh who wants us to do things of the flesh, but now we have a mighty weapon. We have the Spirit of God, so we don't have to follow the flesh. The Spirit of God is greater than our own flesh. And as we follow the Spirit of God, we keep our own flesh under control and do not let it rise up as it once did before we were born again. Therefore, we are greatly changed by God from that person that we were before God revealed himself to us. For now we have the Spirit of God. Jesus says this concerning the Spirit of God. John chapter 14, verse 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. In John chapter 16, verse 13, Jesus tells us two more things the Holy Spirit does. Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself. But whatsoever he shall hear from God, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. The Holy Spirit is a comforter, and he is the spirit of truth. So he's of great benefit to us. Before Jesus was crucified, the Holy Spirit was given to some people, but not to all people. But after the crucifixion and resurrection, the Holy Spirit was given to everyone, to all individuals who are born again, who are the elect of God. Being born again basically means you have the Holy Spirit in you to help you and guide you in the ways of God. You do not have to yield to your flesh as you once did. Actually, we have a commission from Jesus that we must overcome through the Spirit of God. For in Revelation chapter 3, verse 5, Jesus says, To him that overcometh, I will not blot out their names out of the book of life. If we fail to overcome the lies of the devil, the fears of the flesh, the works of the flesh, if we fail to overcome those things by the Spirit, our name could be blotted out of the book of life. We are given the Holy Spirit who enables us to go in the way of God, thus overcoming flesh and devils. We are not the same as we once were. 
at one point in time before we were born again, we only had our flesh, and certainly devils, to egg the flesh on, in the works of the flesh. Paul says that they who do these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Jesus said, except you be born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. You can't understand spiritual things unless you have the Spirit of God in you. But don't fear. If you are born again, changed by God, you have the Spirit of God in you. If God did the changing in you, you have the Spirit of God in you. You must learn, as we must all learn, to recognize when it is not the Spirit of God speaking. In John chapter 10, Jesus said, His sheep follow him, and they won't follow a stranger, for they will flee from strangers. Jesus says in John chapter 10, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. We don't have to live in fear. All we have to do is follow the Spirit of God and resist devils that bring fearful thoughts to us which try to get us to do things opposite to the way of God. Devils will often bring thoughts to our mind, vain imaginations, what somebody else is thinking of us, what somebody else is going to do. And they will tell us we have to jump up and do such and such to counteract what the other person is going to do. All of those things are devils, vain imaginations. If we follow those ideas, we give place for the devil to operate in our lives. Therefore, we must not do that. We can't afford to move by fear because that is a devil trying to move us. The Holy Spirit is the comforter and the spirit of truth. The devil is a liar and there's no truth in him. We have to be able to know which spirit is speaking. The Apostle Paul says, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. Paul is saying, I didn't try to be clever. I didn't try to find things to entice your flesh. I came with the pure word of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you, says Paul, in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. I've heard preachers speak, 
And when I went away, I couldn't remember anything that preacher said except some type of clever gimmick. See, that's not of God. That's not speaking in the Spirit, by the Spirit of God. Verse 9 of 1 Corinthians 2, Paul says, But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. When I was a new Christian, God took me to these three passages of Scripture, John chapter 14, verse 26, John chapter 16, verse 13, and Second Corinthians chapter 2. We spent several months in these scriptures. I kept these scriptures before me basically day and night and delighted in them. They were a great joy to me because they showed me what the Spirit of God does. It has helped me so much to know these things because if a spirit brings thoughts which are very fearful, I can know that is not the Spirit of God. God leads us, and devils drive us. I think that's a big difference between the two spirits. Usually, when the Holy Spirit speaks to me, it will be a type of option, like, or you could do this. I'm thinking about doing something, and he brings an option to me, and expands my thinking on the subject. Sometimes I will be doing something, and I will think, oh, I wish I had such and such. And I've heard the Spirit of God say, you can have that. And when I stop and think, I realize it's true. I could do that thing. One time that happened to me concerning my fireplace. I had gas logs in my house, but I really like wood. And I was driving down the street and stopped at a signal light and a pickup truck pulled up beside me and I glanced over at the pickup truck. In the back of the truck, he was carrying firewood for fireplaces. And I was just thinking, ooh, I wish I had a wood-burning fireplace. And I clearly heard, you can have that. I stopped and I thought, well, I could have that. I had the log lighter which ran the gas logs, so gas was already in my fireplace. I could have those gas logs removed 
They could easily switch it out and put a log lighter, which you use with wood burning. That same day that I heard this, I called the fireplace store and discussed it with them and set up an appointment for them to come and change out my fireplace, and I ordered firewood to be delivered to my house. I'd never thought of it before that I could change my fireplace. God gives us exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or even think. Lots of times I don't even think of these things that the Holy Spirit brings to my attention and says, you can have that. It's a gentle voice. It gives me an option. It shows me that I have God's approval to do that specific thing. Ephesians 3, verse 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. The power working in us is the power of the Holy Spirit, who searches the heart of God to reveal to us the will of God in that particular matter pertaining to this life. Another example of this. When I was 81 or 82 years old, I don't remember which age, I was considering having upholstery put on the front seat of my old 25-year-old car. And as I thought about the new upholstery and finding someone to do upholstery, I heard a word from God by His Spirit. He said to me, Or you could just buy a new car. I hadn't thought of that. I could buy a new car. I had sold my house in Texas. The money was just sitting there in the bank. I had plenty of money and money left over after buying a new car. I could easily buy a new car. God was showing me by his spirit a better way to go. Rather than keep that old car, I could buy a new car. Once again to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us, power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit in us shows us the will of God. When we have that information, We have faith to go forward. We know that we're not going to need that money in the future when God tells us we can do that thing. When the Spirit of God brings God's approval, we know we can go forward in full assurance and faith. It's wonderful. I wouldn't want to go back to the life I once had where I had to figure out everything by myself. Again, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, 
that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things we also speak. And when we follow the Spirit of God, what he tells us to do, the fruits of the Spirit of God are brought forth. Galatians 5, verses 22 through 23. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. See, at my age, I had faith to spend that money for that new car, knowing it was with God's approval, it was a better way to go, and knowing, basically, I wouldn't need that money in the future. Following the Spirit of God, we, the elect of God, learn to recognize the Spirit of God when He speaks to us, to evaluate what He says. You notice that in in this story, I said, that's right, I could buy a new car. Why did I say that? I wouldn't have to go in debt for it. I had the money sitting there in the bank. I could pay cash for the car. God's yoke is easy. His burden is light. Matthew 11.30 Also, James chapter 3, verse 17, tells us the characteristics of the wisdom that is from above, those ideas that are from God, have the characteristics as follows. James 3.17 But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. God puts his own spirit into his children, the elect of God, So he can communicate constantly with us, guiding us, teaching us, showing what we are to do as we live in this present world, second by second. God's Spirit is holy and true and comforts us in every way, in everything we do. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus himself who is inside of us. And we overcome everything, all the problems of this life, by turning to God in prayer and asking him for help and listening to that which the Holy Spirit brings us. For it is truth and holy and the will of God for us, the elect of God. We are not left here alone. We have the Spirit of God in us to help us. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.